just the best part of my day. Nope, scratch that, reverse it. They were just like ringing the acapella dictionary for every every pun that they could get from the. I don't want to be basic, but you're in treble now. Wow! Or, wow! You should have written. Yeah. I don't know if that's real, but you should have written Pitch Perfect four. I probably could have. <laughs> Do you remember when, like, last year they put out a Pitch Perfect spinoff movie starring Adam Devine's character? No. Am I the only person on Earth that remembers that this happened? I don't know if that happened. That's like a fever dream. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think that happened, Kevin. I I guess I can't prove it because, again, I'm describing a show that, like, should not and almost certainly does not exist. Hold on. Pitch Perfect Bumper in Berlin. A six-episode Peacock original series. Spinning off of everyone's favorite character from the Pitch Perfect franchise, Adam Devine's character, who I assume is named Bumper. Yeah. Uh, co-starling uh, Jamila Jamil. <laughs> oh, God. I like her, and I like him. But the Don't same need to watch that. Yeah, exactly. Is Adam Devine the comedian? Yeah, he's that comedian one that's, like, he's always... That he's, like, always 32, you know? <laughs> He was like, born 32, and he will die 32. Like, his whole career, he's been 32. He just like, I love that. And he's he's been a 32-year-old yeah. playing teens for a long time. Yeah. But now he's... According to his actual birth, he's 40. But I he still looks 32, so... Yeah. He's, he's not, got a weird baby face. Mm-hmm. He has an incredible baby face. He's not usually my flavor. I do really like him on Righteous Gemstones on uh, HBO. That's what I hear. Uh, he's very, very good and very, very funny on that very good and very funny show. I'm kind um, of annoyed that we haven't been sponsored by that show yet because you do bring I, it up so much. I, and I mentioned it a good amount. <laughs> yeah, it's good. People should watch it, is my opinion. Um, and yet we've where, seen no dollars for this. That's free. the most I'll say until yeah, well, I start getting that sweet Max, Max cash. needs every cent they can hold on to after the merger. <laughs> Apparently, yeah, I'm getting getting stripped and sold off for parts, of course. Like, Hashtag uh, like release. a coyote versus acne. Coyote, coyote versus acne. <laughs> what was it? Living Plus? What was the merger? Oh, from Secession? Discovery? Yeah, it was something like Living Plus. 
Oh, okay. I I'm one of the lone no. Neand- Neanderthals no. who hasn't watched Succession. No. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no. <And fun>. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Andy's cancel. Yeah, that's it. It's game over. I do have bad news already, which is I didn't put together the PowerPoint of the Ryan Murphy conspiracy, but I do think it would make a really good um, bonus bonus episode. episode. Yeah, and we do have Cat one more Ryan Murphy directed film in the Julia filmography. Oh no! Okay, I'll wait till then. So, I feel like that's the right time to launch it. Yeah. So I'm gonna keep the building. normal heart coming this Pride Month. <laughs> no, oh my god. So that would honestly be the perfect time to put the web together. I can't believe I agreed. I think that was my idea, and I and I can't believe I. It was a hundred percent your idea. Oh my god! Entirely your fault. This is gonna be a terrible year. uh, It's gonna be bad. Yeah, the 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 slate of Julia's for the first half of twenty twenty four is bad. I'm gonna. We're gonna need to cover some baggers in the back half of this no, year. No, normal heart is incredible. It just really? ruins me because oh. my little, my little. Well, it's incredible to me, at least mm-hmm. as a gay. I'm but, sorry to have assumed that Ryan Murphy made a bad movie. That was my bad. That maybe my it fault. is a bad movie, but it's based off of a really excellent play, and it includes mm-hmm. a lot of the cast. That that's what it is. When Ryan's not writing, he can actually direct. Oh, but when Ryan's writing, like it. He starts strong and then like a roller coaster, it goes terrible. He's when he like, holds the auteur's like, pen, it's kind of like a, a fruity JJ um, Abrams in that way. Yes, He's like, yes. Ryan Murphy is yes, like yes. There is a there is a base skill level, but he is frequently undone by the same problems over and over. And there's yeah. a there's a world building like. Uh, excellent skill set and then it's sort of an abandonment of world it's sort of like alright it's open source yeah. now actually I want to know Like, I'm like I was talking to Kevin about like being an Aries and how easily we get distracted I was going like... to ask your sign yeah continue sorry oh no no yeah so um, I'm like is Ryan Murphy an Aries because he seems like someone who gets he bored he seems like an Aries yeah he seems like an Aries he gets bored after like two thirds of the episodes bored in November bored. November 9th, 1965. So he's a in Scorpio. Scorpio. Scorpio was going to be my second guess. Um, oh, okay. Or not Libra. And then I was like, he's so scary that it would be like <laughs> typical if he was a Pisces, like if he was a Pisces serial killer. Mm-hmm. Um, of course. But it would be a little too on brand. <laughs> yeah. Ryan Murphy does seem to get a little bored with the thing he's writing while he's writing it and then just make it into a completely different it's like he's doing an exquisite corpse with himself yeah he's doing an exquisite corpse drawing but he's the only person drawing that's exactly it and yeah and he's also just like a he's 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 multifaceted but i had a ex-boyfriend who worked for him on the glee project he was like you know, wow. bottom bottom tier. In terms oh, he was Ryan of, Murphy's bottom. <laughs> yeah, he was Ryan Murphy's bottom. Though he <laughs> is fiercely straight still, despite dating me. Um, the reason I attached myself to this man was I was like rebounding from another boy who I thought was gay when I first met him, and so this this boy I met at a party, and he we were dancing to Beyonce, and I was like, oh. A gay man. I love. I love this. I love dancing with this gay man. And then 
we were like singing musical theater stuff and i was like oh you're in the bfa program at usc my 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 gay man and he was like i'm not gay and i was like what and my little thing during that era was to like make out with guys who were like as close to gay as possible anyway so as far along the Kinsey scale as possible, as, like uh, the Kinsey scale <laughs> challenge, how gay of a man can you as get gay as you? you can get without it's like the repressed gay line where it's like maybe in another universe, they would let themselves be gay, but they just won't. And that's yeah. like all of the guys I dated before I came out wow. um, and they got really annoyed because I would I would impose the gay sexuality upon them and they would be confused because they thought that I was like a hot straight girl. So, which I was, and so at the time, and so it was confusing for them because I'd be like, you're gay and that's hot. And they'd be like, I'm attracted to you. We're dating. I'm not gay. And I'd be like, but you're a little gay. And they're like, no, I'm attracted. And I was like, but I'm a gay man on the inside. And they were like, I don't know what that means. (laughs) And I was like, okay, we'll just make this work somehow. Anyway, this, this particular one, He's now married and has a kid and is in real estate and has a labradoodle and is doing very well. Um, But he worked for Ryan Murphy when he was like, you know, 18 or 19 on the Glee project. Mm -hmm. And he had to source like thousands and thousands and thousands of audition videos and then present 10 to Ryan. And then Ryan (sighs) would look at them and be like, now go back. And then it would be like, should I go back to that? like that bank and it's like no it has to be a fresh bank so then it would be like another like thousands and thousands and thousands of videos and he never got it right the one thing i will say about ryan murphy is i do think he's excellent at casting so it yeah. sucks yes. to hear that much that's... like jj abrams yeah is yeah like, has a really great understanding of casting of getting the right people in the right role and then just kind of jazzes the rest of it <laughs> it gets and up there like... and does a jazz set it sucks to hear that he's so militant about his casting, which makes sense because you would just, I don't know, you'd want at least one thing to go right. And it sucks right. to hear that, like, when somebody's an absolute terror to work with, that's what makes them good. It just makes this industry worse. <laughs> but, Actively worse around <laughs> us at all times. Yeah. It does. I love his casting. I love it. He does have his stable of. He's got his actors, regulars. Actors. Yeah, I mean, I just watched actually um, Feud, Betty and Joan. And I'm watching that one too. I'm about like five or six episodes in. It's so good. Yes. I, I'm also a huge like Betty Davis, whatever happened to Baby Jane fan. So An it's incredible like, film. Yeah, it's fascinating. Like it's that whole movie, that whole series is weird because it, it starts off. You think the whole series is going to be about baby jane but it's not they get it over with in like three episodes it definitely leaves you kind of wanting because like the way i mean ryan wrote a few episodes but like it kind of delves into be like actually it'll it'll tie into eat pray love where like it's like oh aren't these two women sad aren't they lonely or oh we should really pity them Oh my God, Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. Oh my God, they're like, mm, they're so sad. We should feel really sorry for them. And you're like, I don't know, maybe they're also fabulous cunts. Like, um, dude just didn't give a shit and wanted to buck the Hollywood system. Like, it's the way that. Sh- so I haven't started. I need to start Truman Capote versus the Swans. 
I've seen feet. I've seen a little bit of that one. That's the but thing that. is I didn't know that any of this existed until I heard that feud feud two to feud two furious was coming out and I didn't know about feud one. I missed it entirely when it came out. Um, and so, yeah, I, instead of watching feud two first, I went back and I've been doing the, the Joan and, and Betty Davis thing. And, um, so I'm excited about feud two. I also haven't seen Philip Seymour Hoffman's Capote. So I have a lot of content. So, also, world. I did watch the pilot of uh, Too Few, Too Furious, um, <laughs> and it was um, Tom Hollander, who yes. plays Truman, is fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. Also, this is written and directed by Gus Van Sant. That's right. That Gay was the craziest icon. fucking credit Gay thing that I fucking... That, was, that blew my fucking mind when I saw Gus Van Sant was directing Feud 2, Too Feud, Too Furious. Like, <laughs> it blew my fucking... I was... I, could, I couldn't handle it. I, one of those times where I was, like, alone in my apartment. It also went, explains why what? the pilot is that much better than, like, the Betty and Joan pilot. Yes, because they've got a real-ass fucking director in there making it, you know, sprucing it up, it? making it look good. Also, Helen Hunt directed one of the Betty and Joan episodes. That's hot. I Ryan Murphy like, loves his gals. He loves his queens. Yeah. He loves his icons. You Listen, know, I mean, that's what the Swans show is all about. Is like how many of my old faves who could use a job to keep their SAG insurance. Like how many of them can we squeeze in here? Seven ye, Diane Lane, Naomi Watts. Like throw them all in there. I mean, I, that trailer dropped, and I was like, "Yep, yeah, I'm in. Let's I'll go." I'll be watching whatever's going on here. Yes, sir. Let's go, girls. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Feud is, I don't know, it's its wild. It does, you were describing it with season one, which I haven't watched, and I kind of felt that watching Too Feud, Too Furious, where I was like, maybe this should have been a movie. Like, maybe we didn't have enough here for, like, a full miniseries, you know? Sometimes yeah. the miniseries thing works out really well. Like, I really like the American Crime Story OJ miniseries. Yeah. Mm. I, I just, that was really well done. There was a lot was of material beautiful. there. Yeah. There's not as much material for all of this stuff. Um, so I don't know, sometimes it should have been a movie or fewer episodes or, or what have you for these mm-hmm. prestige miniseries, you know, like I've been watching the angels in America adaptation on, on Ooh. HBO directed by yeah. Mike Nichols. And like, that's a pristine use of six one hour episodes. I, yeah. I understand they are directly adapting a play, but it's, it's truth it, be told. I've never seen both parts in the theater yeah. at this or either at the same time or alternatively, I've only mm-hmm. seen one or the other, mm-hmm. and that makes perfect sense to make it a miniseries. Yeah, it was a it was a great idea. I guess they did it back, you know, in the '90s on HBO. So all America still had Angels of America fever, and um, it's really good. You're, you're ringing some great performances out of some old classic actors. I'm I'm a hey Angels in America good. I'll I'll say it. I think it's I think it's really I think it's really really. Uh, working out well. But the Angels in America does have this thing where, like, an actor will jump scare you. You're not expecting to see this person, and then you get jump scared by this actor. Like, early on in Angels in America, like, Meryl Streep in deep prosthetic makeup is playing a rabbi, and I went, whoa, ha! I was just, it scared me. That's literally in my notes for Eat, Pray, Love. <laughs> <laughs> the jump scare? Yeah. 
Whoa! Oh, what, is, what is what is so what is this PowerPoint that's been pulled up? What's happening oh, no. to me right now? I made this in college. Hold on, but it doesn't show me oh, your little American faces. Case, I made this in college based on the what we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. So basically, <laughs> I was this in this class cool. called Popular Trials, and we studied <laughs> Popular Trials. We studied um, like mass uh, media trials and trials mm-hmm. that were really informed by the mass media, and I had just watched people versus OJ. And so this, I, for my final project, cause my, my mentor was a badass, my professor who became my mentor. Um, she let us do like anything creative for our final. And so I decided to, um, I was inspired by T, uh, by, um, Ryan Murphy's casting and decided to cast all of the popular trials myself. So this is people VOJ. Maybe this part will be a Patreon video version. That um, could be fun. People VOJ. So this is what I was like. This is the casting was done really well. This is what people V Kanye would be if uh, Kanye West <laughs> had a trial. And I thought I thought it would be pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then. What kind uh, of I plot like that you th- retained Sterling K. Brown between both shows. You're oh, like, of Sterling's course. Sterling's coming back. Sterling well, because is, I'm is using the Ryan, season two. I'm assuming Ryan Murphy is my executive producer and showrunner mm-hmm. for this. So I know that go. like I'm going to be recycling the same people. It's going to suck right. to work with him. Um, okay, and then Susan B. Anthony's case. Uh-huh. I thought, what a fantastic um casting for elizabeth moss this was made in 2017 that's uh the hinkley assassination oh my god i thought this was incredible walking phoenix and uh dakota fanning can i be terrible really quick i thought uh this picture of dakota fanning was drew drogi as chloe sevigny from the youtube series (laughs) incredible um this is the aesthetic of uh of the Hinckley assassination because it took place in the 80s. Then we have the Infinity War of American Crime Story, (laughs) which would be all of the Black Lives Matter. And these are the directors that I decided to bring on for the project. Of Um, course. I have a huge plot breakdown. I have, we start with Scottsboro Trials, Chicago 8, which he then made. He then made the Chicago 8. Sorkin made Trials Chicago 7. You're right. Yes, that's correct. but really break it all down. And then I'm like, do you want to see this made? Donate a couple hundred million. <laughs> like Just give me, give me a couple mil and yeah. uh, we can get this done. Yeah. I know some people. Amazing. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. I'm glad you had that. I'm glad you had that ready. Um, <laughs> ready to go. Your dream casting of, I, I, for our listening audience, Joaquin Phoenix as John Hinckley Jr. And Dakota Fanning as a young Jodie Foster, which. That's good casting. Just made sense at the time. You know, that what else were you going to do? Nothing. That was the answer. Yeah, because it's like a young Jodie Foster is, she was in college. So I feel like Dakota Fanning can still sort of play that. I think Dakota she's Fanning. technically 30 now, but oh, she could no, still play was, college. Yeah. It was Jared Leto who did the Hinckley movie where he gained all that yes. weight. Yeah, Jared Leto, who drank melted ice cream and olive oil to gain a bunch of weight for a John Hinckley Jr. movie that nobody saw. I never saw saw. that. Yeah. Uh, No one did, but you can see pictures. The only, like, I I don't know if you could watch (laughs) the movie. Like, I don't know if anyone's willingly watched it, but you could see set photos of that. An interesting connection from your PowerPoint, and I have to say this because of the way that my brain works, is that you have to go to Fanning 
involved in the John Hinckley Jr. situation to go to Fanning in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood would play Squeaky From. Squeaky From and John Hinckley Jr. have a duet in Assassin. Stephen Sondheim's Assassins. <laughs> wow, that's And I beautiful. just had to say all that. Or and I think, would start I think that's something that Ryan would connect to. So I'm just yes. kind of like putting Ryan it Murphy out should there. adapt Assassins. And Let's he will. not say we did. <laughs> Ryan Murphy should be the, be the band. The auteur. The, the steady director. I think he will. I think since we put it assassins. out there, he's going to make it into a miniseries. It. Yeah. I'd rather Rob Marshall, who did Chicago. Uh, yeah. But Rob Marshall ass. also did, like, Into the Woods. And, you know, Rob Marshall, also his, the, his hands Did he do slipped. also the, um... Cats? Uh, no. That name was is Rob? Uh, no. Those were both Tom Hooper, Les Mis, and, and oh, Cats. Shit. Rob Marshall no. did... Rob Marshall directed the living hell out of Chicago. Like, that was so on hot. at the bar where I do movie trivia the other night. So, and I was so like, this movie good. fucking rules. And then Rob Marshall literally forgot how to direct movies after that it was it's unbelievable how much he just you think it was that or like studio meddling but all the problems with his future movies are like his own problems like he mm. keeps cutting in the middle of all the musical numbers and action sequences you know like he directed mary poppins returns into the woods and nine the musical with nine I really and also nine. the little mermaid movie that came out last year and also pirates of the caribbean four Whoa. like at a certain point it's his fault and maybe chicago was like a beautiful accident you just listed all of those movies and i just slipped into tina belcher i was like uh, exactly <laughs> so maybe he just he hit once and sometimes sometimes that's it though Sometimes an artist is just in the perfect position to produce something beautiful, and or it's the, just not a sustainable journey for them. Or the team you're surrounded by that you can bounce ideas off of. Can bolster you, yeah. Right. Collaboration is such an important part of uh, uh, making art, especially like movies and TV shows. There's so many different bodies and hands and minds that are involved in the creation of these things. And like often a creator getting too much sway and power over every aspect of everything is a net negative because they lose that sense of profound collaboration. Okay. I have something that's like sort of meta, um, as usual, but, um, and then I'm, I'm trying to decide if this anecdote is worth it. It was just that in ninth grade, I made out in the back of the theater of the movie nine the whole time. Um, Seems like kind of what that movie was there for. Like the <laughs> right? studio bankrolled that. They're like, teens are going to want to make out during this. Yeah. And, um, I have no idea what happened. That's our the target other, demo. The other, the meta thought is um, that what we need, because hearing this kind of Rob Marshall thing, what I'm hearing as an empath is, <laughs> <laughs> is someone crying out for help. And now I kind of want to see the, like, Fosse Verdon of Rob Marshall and see, like, where it all fell apart. Wow. But then what's interesting about the Fosse Verdon of Rob Marshall is that Chicago is a Fosse piece. So it's a little wow, it's meta linked. to go there. Yes. But I do want to know, kind of, we need to check in with him. And yeah. we can either mm. exploit it or we can just sort of, like, see what's going on. But if we if we want good content we can exploit like what's going on 
with Rob Marshall and what what was the snap and when did yeah. he decide he hated movies but he wanted to make lots of money? Right. What was the moment where he decided he hated movies and himself but continued to uh, provide both? Well, yeah. maybe there's something there. Maybe he's like, I'm building, like maybe there's a philanthropy. Maybe there's like a family mm. member that he's supporting. Maybe there's manipulation maybe this is like a kids gotta like, go to college you know maybe maybe this is like a um, beach boys situation whatever his situation. name is you talking know about I'm brian ta- wilson i'm talking about brian wilson maybe this is a brian wilson situation maybe this is an elvis situation yeah. with the um colonel like there's something going on with rob marshall and we're not we're not talking about it yeah well, rob we're marshall talking about is it a right colonel. now Right, yeah. I mean, you watch an interview with Rob Marshall and Tom Hanks is off screen going like, "Ah, yes, you will direct the Little Mermaid." That's what I think is happening, guys. You I think, think we're putting situation? it together. I think no one's no one's looking at this, and I think we need to maybe go a little deeper. And we're just the show to cast the light on that because this is, of course, Run the Julia is the only podcast brave enough to cover every cinematic work of America's sweetheart. Julia Roberts. Welcome back. It's been a it's been a little while since we've done a regular episode. You know, we did the Friends commentary. We did the movie theater episode. And now we're back in the swing of things. We're back. The first real Julia's of 2024. Uh, I am one of your hosts, TV's Kevin Lanigan. And if I was going to choose one, I'm going to eat. Fantastic. I'm Kat Scott. I use they, them pronouns. And if I was to choose one it would be loving javier it's honestly an excellent excellent choice and joining us an old friend from the podcast days hi i'm andrew papatakis and um if i had to pick one i'd probably pray that um that we go balanced bigger and better things (laughs) all three are assembled here Wow. One to eat, one to pray, one to love. And when all three are united, they produce the 2010 uh, romantic film Eat, Pray, Love, directed, uh, adapted from the best-selling non-fiction book by Elizabeth Gilbert, Eat, Pray, Love. Directed by Ryan Murphy. Directed by Ryan Murphy. Starring Julia Roberts. Ryan Murphy fame, starring Julia Roberts. Uh, this is This falls into like kind of a few trends of that era Uh, like this was a weird brief window in time where like there were still hit popular books but they were almost always non-fiction self-help they were almost Mm. always like he's just not that into you or the secret with Rhonda Byrne and this was this weird window where like we're going to attempt to adapt these non-fiction books into dramatized fiction films we remember that he's just not that into you one they adapted what to expect when you're expecting uh at one point like they were trying to see if this was something they could do because like the only books that are really popular anymore are self-help books uh are are books called like how to fix your miserable shitty little life and like in three easy steps and you're like well three easy steps sounds good 1799 please and those are harder to adapt into movies than, like, Where the Crawdads Sing, which is what passes for, like, very popular fiction these days. I do think I was listening to a episode of Las Culturistas, and they had Tina Fey on, and I realized... I listened to that one as well. Yeah, that was based off of a self-help book as well. I do think they were trying to do the Mean Girls effect, because um, it was based off of, like, 
queen bees and wannabes or that's something. That's true. I yeah. forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then that's the weird blurring line with these movies, too, is that half of them aren't even self-help books. They're memoirs that people treated as self-help books. <laughs> so, like, that's yeah. also, like, where you also had that um, uh, James Frey, I think that's his name, where he had had Thousand Little Things, where he basically yes. lied to Oprah that, like, he was this huge drug addict and pulled himself together. Oh, there's also that terrible, like, Southern movie. Um, because of uh, Winn-Dixie. Hillbilly like, Elegy? <laughs> Hillbil- Hillbilly uh, Elegy. Yeah. Also, because of Winn-Dixie, never seen it, but that sounds it's about, about right. a dog! <laughs> uh, <laughs> but Hillbilly because Elegy was one of those where everybody was like, man, this is going to change your life. And you're like, I don't know about this. Uh, I don't know. No this book's going to change my... Hey, no book's going to change my life. No book's going to tell me what to do, what I'm going to do. Um, but, yeah, I mean, well, I... Listen, because of who I am, where I grew up, the financial situations of my upbringing up to now, Eat, Pray, Love is something that uh, stirs a boiling rage in me, simply conceptually. Um, my my least favorite kind of movie is person goes on vacation for several straight months to find themselves. Like, not a practical life advice for the average person. Do you hate it, White Lotus? I've never seen it. Okay. Um, but at least White Lotus either, isn't that about, like, murder? It's not, like, self-help. It's, it's like, rich people spending money just to... Uh find themselves uh, maybe but, like, I'm reaching. But, like, people die on that show right like is that that's my understanding of what happens on that show sometimes people die yeah but it's packaged as white people going to find themselves on vacation and then it takes a turn i'm fine if it takes a turn but it needs to take a turn eat pray love no turns turnless well it depends on the, i think it depends on the length of time is what kevin is saying like if they're doing like white lotus and if it's like a week, two weeks. That's fine. Cool. I've been on a week vacation before. I'm, who, who can go for a year to three different countries, get their own bungalow, and wait? This is this is a great lead-in. I don't know if either of you have seen this though, but there's like this, there's this cruise. Yes, that, uh, yes, I know what you're talking about already. I feel like that's that's the eat, pray, and I think I'm sure the mm-hmm. rights are already being optioned and stuff. But um, the it's a disaster, there's this, right? There's this cruise that a bunch of influencers from different like socio political and economic, not really economic backgrounds, but um, lots of different kinds of people are on this one year long cruise because it was like seventy thousand dollars to do the full mm-hmm. year. And it this goes is happening right world. now. This yes. is happening right now, and so there's one. Do we like, have their like of... geographic location? Do we have like their coordinates? Yeah, so we because can they're launch armaments at the boat. The, the, well, some people have been posting on... TikToks. Yeah, so there's there's update. this guy who's this there's this like kind of mean but funny twink who is on who went on it for a few weeks. He kind of like. He's a, he's an influencer and he he pitched to book talk. He was like, I'm gonna do book talk from this. I'm gonna read a book and I'm gonna do a book talk from this cruise and I'm gonna give you the tea on everything that's happening on this cruise. And so mm-hmm. he kind of got in there, started some drama, got in some fights, and it became this not like, on book talk. It became this like social media 
like reality sort of TV immersive experience and there's different characters that people know about but these are real people so it's like happening live right now mm -hmm. on this very very expensive cruise so it could really go lots of different places and i think people are trying to figure out how to monetize and um get in there of course yeah yeah there so there's at least the way i've been following is on twitter and tiktok and just kind of like everyday people who like spent their life savings to like go on this like around the world um cruise um they're running into so many problems and they're running no out of so many supplies no um that oh i think one the latest one i saw too was that there was like oh no that was a disney cruise different different um different. but um yeah they're just uh running into all these problems and um it's hilarious that um yeah, that and they can't get off the boat yet. They have to mm -hmm. wait. They can either like forfeit what they've paid and like get off at like right. some kind of dock, or or, or wait for like, a triangle of sadness situation. You know, that, when, all the, yes. when all the poo poo is flowing through the, the halls of the cruise ship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we're all just waiting for for that kind of situation. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Again, you know, I grew up in a, in a family that could not afford, like, cable or internet. You know what I mean? I just have this natural axe to grind against people with a lot of money. I'll never be able to let go of that. Um, and so, chip like... Chip on your shoulder in the room. Uh, damn, do I got that legally blonde chip on my shoulder. Um, and, you know, I've never, you know, for reasons financial and practical, I've never been able to leave the country, you know, and, like my friends who got to study abroad, you know, they'd come back and be like, oh, I miss study abroad so much. And I'm like, yeah, you were on vacation for three and a half months. Of course you miss it. You didn't have a job. Like you just, you got to take two classes a week and hang out in Europe. And uh, so, yeah, so this movie is designed in a lab to, to piss me off. This, this thing was created as like my arch nemesis. Like when a guy makes the anti-Superman or something. I had no idea because... I was that bitch that studied abroad. Uh, Most like, people study abroad. I have nothing against people who study abroad, and I'm sorry for to all my study abroad friends out there. No, but call it out. Listen, this movie in also infuriated me. So <laughs> how could it not? I I can't imagine the person who watches this and doesn't get a little steamed up. It's just it's so it's so fucking preposterous. Can I say is this like housewife like? fantasy core like it has to be i think that was kind of like the big trend at the time when this movie was made right because there's also like you know if you look at like the films that are recommended under this one like on letterboxd it's like mm. under the tuscan sun and like yes. all these movies, that's fine like it's fine to watch a movie and be like ah, i wish i could go there i wish mm -hmm. this were my life like that's all that's all fine wish fulfillment you know kind of kind of fiction there's absolutely a big place for that there's nothing wrong with that um and i guess like i guess eat pray love is not explicitly an advice book it was just taken to be an advice book mm -hmm. um but i just don't want to read i just don't care about what this lady did i don't care about her story it's, like it's also fascinating how this how the way this movie is filmed in that like what play well what plays into the fantasy and what doesn't so like mm, italy italy is like beautiful italy is stunning italy is gorgeous like um when we get to india 
if you look at the opening shots, mm-hmm. it's all like trash. Um, like yeah. we get one shot in Italy at the Argosteum where it's like homeless be a homeless person. Yeah. But like the way India is shot is fucking annoying as fuck because it's like um, they downplay it and that's like oh god there's all these like poor people and like all these kids reaching out for her while she's in the the taxi or the tuk tuk trying to ask for money and she just like touches their hand like she's Mother Teresa or something <laughs> and then Bali I feel like is kind of treated the same it's the in between between India and Italy where it's yeah. kind of filmed beautifully but like there's still instances where like white savior complex exactly um, yeah well i just bought you a house <laughs> aren't i great yeah and we're like um there are like literally time notes where like at certain points i write down like i hate this woman 45 minutes left um like <laughs> insufferable I've we're still here never like 32 checked the runtime on a movie more than when i was watching eat pray love yes. i'm like how much how much more do we have how much more i'm pressing how the much more? button on my remote Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah, this movie is actually, fun fact, I looked this up. I'm on the IMDb trivia. This movie is the longest movie ever made, actually. This movie is longer than Killers of the Flower Moon. This is longer than the five-hour silent film version of Napoleon. This is actually, at two hours and 20 minutes, the longest film ever made. I watched Killers of the Flower Moon the next day, which is really interesting. And but it that's flew just, by by comparison. That's how I felt about Oppenheimer. Crazy. I was like, oh, God, okay. Oh, we're at a three-hour mark? Great. Fantastic. Yeah. I, I, you know, I remember being there for Barbenheimer, and Oppenheimer was just like, phew, that was a quick three hours, in my opinion. Um, this was the slowest two hours and 20 minutes of perhaps my entire life. Watched it certainly over a period of several days because I could just, I needed I needed time. I, I needed to this step away. This was a away. funeral march. This was yeah, this a slow a, this dirge. A dirge. Uh, yeah. I could not with this movie. <laughs> so for anyone anyone in our listening audience that's not aware of, of what this is, of what's going on here, there's an adaptation of the uh, memoir, nonfiction book, by um, Elizabeth Gilbert, um, who goes through a divorce. And you know what? Big bummer. Divorce, that's not fun for anybody. Um, and decides to take a year off and and travel the world and she buys three plane tickets one to italy one to india and one to bali and you know i guess she works a little bit in in india she works in the temple that she is staying in uh in a very vague capacity that the film did not really give me an opportunity to understand um i guess it was sort of just like a work study program for the concept of meditation Um, there's a line where like um viola davis is like you're acting like a college student and julie roberts is like well maybe i am and like this whole movie is like 45 right (laughs) this whole movie julia's like well maybe i am and literally this whole movie is just like her studying abroad what does she do? So, Where does she get her money? Is it her shitty you. plays? What does she do for money? Oh, she's a writer. Have... She writes. Of what? <laughs> Before it, Eat, Pray, Love. God Before bless she Hollywood. Got the money from writing Eat, Pray, Love. How did she get the material? She was you? writing Hollywood? a previous book, which was pre-Eat, Pray, Love. So whatever the writer mm. was writing. Cook. Right. Before that. Cook. 
Temple, Crush. It would be the prequel. Those are the three things you do before you eat Freyla. Um, yeah, so this movie was basically Sex and the City Goes on Vacation. Stop. <laughs> Sex and the City 2, of course. But, I mean, yeah. at least in the second one, they had a good time in Dubai. Like, I didn't get with this woman's... What? Like, why should we root for her? Like, why do we care about this woman? I'm like, and listen, I like um, anti-hero. I like somebody, you know, that we're conflicted about. But, like, this woman was so insufferable, this entire movie, that, like, I just didn't give a shit. No. And, like, listen, we obviously love Julia. Julia has become... Yes such a comforting presence in my life. Like, the first, like, before she starts Eat, Pray, Lovin', when it's just kind of, like, a story of this woman's life, her divorce or whatever, I was like, well, this is kind of interesting. I like Julia. It's just nice to see her. It's like it's like seeing an old friend. Um, but even she could not could not get me through this because there's no there's no character here. It's really just, like, a blank cipher. Like, when you watch an action movie for dads and the main guy doesn't talk so dad can implant himself onto, you know, the protagonist of Death Wish or what have you, onto the guy from Taken. You know what I mean? Like, this is this, this that amount of characterization. It's just the paper thin, any, anything interesting about this character is just Julia Roberts' natural charm. And everyone is, like, so one note in the movie. It's yeah. It's so annoying. Franco? Um, <laughs> James Franco. Don't get me role. started, Kevin. Oh my god. As the talk about an actor jump scare. Talk about like yes. a guy coming out and surprising I, you, just like oh my vocally, god. Vocally, ah. yeah. I vocally, <laughs> I made a vocalization because that was like a chapter of the movie that I was not expecting. I knew she was going to go travel. I did not expect this like side plot boyfriend who everything about it was so weird. Um. Yeah. The hot guy from the morning show was a really nice break from everything. Talking about Billy Crudup? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> the husband like, her ex-husband? Is that who you're talking yeah, about? Yeah. I liked yes. his um I liked his his oh, quitter hate. quitter drum song. You liked I his thought, quitter I screamed. I thought I... his his uh character was stupid and he did the best he could with uh what he was given. Again, it's oh, yeah. just like it's the it's the incredible charm of a Billy Crudup. That's yes. like the only thing that's interesting about this character. Uh, Franco, a, a charmless, guileless man, uh, is not bringing anything to this like one dimensional hot actor. The breakup part. itself, the inciting breakup, was so confusing. Was I she sleeping yes. on the floor. I was yes. like, no, 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 both, Stop both breakups. So when she breakup, writes the email, the breakup with the with the husband and with him mm. were the most confusing breakups I've ever seen. I was like, that's the whole point of this. Like, that is the whole point of all of this. And and they didn't even try to. She like, keeps breaking ex- up with people in like the middle of the night. Like all of her And just like the the fights. moment made no sense. There was mm-hmm. no like crafting around it. It was just like yeah. It, it made it was like no sense. So you spend the rest of the movie being like, maybe we'll get more color as to where this breakup came from. No. So we're supposed to, like, really feel bad for her and feel for her going through it when the breakup came out of fucking nowhere and (laughs) and had no context to it, which is not her fault. It she did the best she could with what she was given. That is all Ryan. Yeah. 
I also like so like that's what I was so confused about a lot of the characterizations is like Billy Crudup in this movie comes off as like a thirteen year old boy. Yes. Yeah. Because he like earlier he talks about like how he wants to change careers and he's like, oh now I'm a pastry chef and then he's like, oh maybe I should go back to grad school and get a master's and like Julia's in the car with him and she's like, oh. God, like God. that was like, so funny like, to me. That was yeah, so funny was like, that that was so the thing. Weird. The inciting then, incident was, I want to be a teacher. And yeah. She was like, it's over. And she was egging him on. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Nasty. Ew. Teacher. And then he does the beatboxing song in the, and then he's like, I have one semester of law school. I'm ready to represent myself in a divorce case. And we're like, what the fuck is going buddy, on right now, buddy? You're opposite. Martin Scorsese regular Walker White as Julia Roberts' divorce lawyer. You're not fucking getting through that brick wall, baby. So uh, And then we have to have the heartfelt moment with them dancing, like, finally together where she's releasing him. And it was so weird. And then there were times so when, like, she's with Franco, and then she's talking to Viola Davis, and she's like, he's 28. And I'm like, yeah, so why are you having these issues where you have to break up with him that you're like... We're just in totally different places, and I can't. And like, he's twenty eight. Yeah, Those people he's... don't have feelings. They bounce back. <laughs> They're immortal. Yeah, exactly. yeah, they don't. They don't feel anything. This movie also has one of the weirdest married couples um, I've ever seen in a movie, which is of course the dynamic duo of Viola Davis and Michael yes! Valley. <laughs> as a married Thank you. Couple. That was so weird because that movie was filled with like either like really stunning one-dimensional men that actually are good at acting usually outside of the context of the movie. Yes. Um, or men like that, where I'm like, oh my god, that's Kurt's dad from Glee. Like, you yeah. just like, can yeah. tell. You're Beloved like, that's... television actor Michael Malley. From, regular, from Nickelodeon's Guts in my generation. Yes, Guts. Michael yes, Malley. Mr. Guts. Yeah, Michael Malley's in this movie. He's fine. Viola Davis is fine. I guess, you know, they're both kind of doing the most with very little to, to actually play. I did like that this is a movie set in New York that did actually bother to film some shots like on location on the streets sure. of New York. I do appreciate yeah. that. I think that's the, this movie, this movie is shot by Robert Richardson, who is like one of Oliver Stone's main guys who went on to become oh. Martin Scorsese's main guy for the middle part of his career, who has gone on to shoot most of Quentin Tarantino's project. Like this is like wow. one of the most acclaimed and respected cinematographers in the business today. And he's, and I guess like everyone likes to get paid to go on vacation. Like all those Adam Sandler movies where it's mm. like, the gang goes to a beach in the Caribbean, right? right? We're going to Tahiti. Like, exactly. Like, and that's the appeal of as an actor signing on to this movie. It's like, cool, you're going to fly me to Absolutely. India, to Bali. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm Richard Jenkins. I'm taking that job. Yeah, I'm Javier Bardem, the only good performance in this movie. So Thank hot. you. Javier is amazing. Like, so that, the, he shows up in this movie, the hottest man in the world. Like, so the, the, looking unbelievable. And you're like, right, he's married to Penelope Cruz. There is not a hotter uh, uh, building on the planet than when those two are together. And, like, he shows up like a million bucks. He's the most charming man in the world. He's great. I was, like, living for what I Javier was I that they have a, a meet-cute, and then the, the conundrum for the rest of, like, the 40 minutes is, like... Yes. 
Man, should I fuck Javier Bardem? It's like and not a like, question. Not a question the audience about? is on your side on. Yes. And you're like, Jeff, yes. or she's like, am I in love with Javier Bardem? I was like, what did of he do wrong? What did of he Of course you He's adorable. He made mixtapes. Like, <sighs> fucks you in the jungle. He's like, got a great can... relationship with his son. Thank like, you. Come on. He calls everybody darling. <laughs> There's no downside to this guy. I guess he doesn't live in your hometown. I guess. Was was her thing okay? So in sobriety, sometimes <clears throat> if you're in like a twelve step program, sometimes there's a suggestion. Often there's a suggestion to not date in your first year, mm-hmm. which people do or don't take seriously, or they are loose about what dating means. I was loose, and then mm-hmm. I fell off, but. For me, I was like, I just won't be exclusive with anyone. And that kind of fell apart. Um, But in this case, was she just like, I'm not going to fuck anyone. But they didn't explicitly say it. Because, like, in Rome, she was like, oh, man, I'm not going to fuck the tutor. And then the tutor ended up with that girl. And then when she was praying, she was like, all I have is this old guy in my feelings. And she didn't fuck him. And then... I, I, So was it just not explicitly stated that she was trying to, like not fuck for a year after James. I see. This is what was also confusing about the movie because like they keep positing that she wants to fuck. Yeah. Yeah. She hasn't met anybody that she can fuck. Oh, like, cause there's so many scenes where like she's in the bed and she's like, sola alone. Yeah. Like, Lonely. So I was like, are, so so just say that you have this like when your boundaries so we as an audience can kind of understand this any of this because mm. otherwise it's needed. just it's just <laughs> us also, being like no fuckable you... Italian men famously famously <laughs> a not hot country full of uggos and also she doesn't look like Julia Roberts. Well, I feel like, like she I feel like they tried to set it up where they were like. Uh, oh, so she sees it as a sign that her landlady was like, don't bring over any strange men. And so she was like, you're right. I should probably stop because I jumped straight into that relationship with James Franco. I should mm-hmm. probably not fuck anyone. And then she gets to Preyland. And in Preyland, <laughs> she's like, I got to pray. I got to pray the gay away. And so she's like <laughs> praying. And then by the time she gets to Bali, she's like, I... I'm so self-righteous and so upset. So, but they they just obviously framed it poorly. Like there was a better way to. Well, and then Viola Davis even warns her, like near the beginning of the movie, that like, hey, you pour yourself into everything, and then when she starts dating James Franco, like she's like, listen, is this the same deal? Like, yeah, you poured yourself into trying to be like the perfect. Uh, better homes and garden like housewife um are you trying to be like the new like yogi um Mm -hmm. devotee and i felt like we didn't get a lot of clarity like what kat is saying on what what julia actually wants also sidebar javier bardem admits he hasn't had he has he admits to his son he hasn't fucked in 10 years and i'm like that's the most unbelievable You're... part of the movie, too. Exactly. Thank you. If you Thank you, Kevin. Like, if you look like 2010 Javier Bardem, you fuck by Come accident. Come on. Like, so, like you, you, you just, you're going to end up fucking. Um, it's unbelievable. In Bali. 
In, but and, yeah, exactly. And she um, didn't even want to fuck Ian, the hot Australian guy who got naked by the beach for her. Yeah, she didn't want to. She didn't want to fuck any of those guys. It's it, you know, I, I I had a misconception of what this was all about. I didn't realize it would be three chapters: one eat, one pray, one love. I thought she was fucking all. Which over is the also world. bullshit. I mean, uh, sorry. Yeah. She eats in every country, actually. She eats everywhere that she goes. That was my problem, though. I was like, where was the food porn? Oh, there was. There was. There was. There was in Italy. A little bit. There was Italy. mm, In In Italy. Italy, I said. I said that Julia Roberts is the original white lady laughing while eating a salad. Like during that whole spaghetti sequence. What was that? Where she was just like, spaghetti is sex, and spaghetti is. And eating is okay, and then it becomes like eating is great. It becomes like this novel theme for a moment of like think- it's okay to eat, and eating is amazing. And wow, the orgasm of just eating food. That was such a weird sequence too, because so like in the se- the order too is like she takes Sophie to Naples to get pizza. And they have this whole conversation about like, oh, our jeans don't fit. Like, oh, the tutor, um, does he does he leave the room? And she's like, no. And she's like, well, fuck it. I don't care. I don't worry about guilt. And then like the next scene is literally her denying herself to buy lingerie because she doesn't think she's like sexy enough. Or what? It's so weird. I think that I think that I felt the lingerie thing was her being like, "I'm not gonna fuck." Mm. She was just like, "I'm not gonna buy this because I'm not gonna fuck anyone. I'm just gonna let myself get chubby from eating." I'm just and gonna I'm not eat. Gonna There's fuck. no other words in this title. But like, yeah, Sophie was up. also like, "Just buy it for yourself." And it's like, right. I like buying sexy underwear for myself. Like, fuck it. You know, I think who that, cares? Yeah, I think that was the. The message, what I hated, I think, most about that sequence was the tiniest girls I had ever seen trying to button pants with each other oh and being God. like, I'm bloated. And I, I, I have a muffin top. I don't the fit muffin in top It made me furious. I was yeah. just Hollywood like, casting has a, one giant hurdle, and it's this hurdle over and over again, where like they just cast people of unattainable bodies to play people who are just like us and this is the point where it falls apart over and over and over again um the example i always use for this is britney murphy and john tucker must die where oh like God. she's supposed to be the plain jane regular high school oh britney student. snow because oh, britney, britney snow what did i say super britney done murphy. by then yeah, yeah. or so, about so, to be dead Wrong Britney. Um, Britney Snow in John Tucker Must Die, who Britney Snow, of course, just like one of the most beautiful people you've ever looked at in your entire life. Pitch I think perfect. if I saw her in real life, I'd fall down a manhole. But <laughs> in John Tucker Must Die, they're like, she's like, oh, I'm very plain. No one really, boys don't really pay attention to me. And they do nothing, nothing to make Britney Snow look any different than she always looks. Not even glasses. Not even glasses. Not even ponytail and glasses. Ponytail and glasses. They never like and that we all make fun of ponytail and glasses, but at least it's something. Right. They don't even ponytail and glasses Julia Roberts in this film. Like at least it's like a mustache and a top hat. Put like her in those... some paint covered overalls. God damn it. We got paint covered overalls. A classic. A classic. Oh. Can I get back to my yes, food porn obsession? Of, of course. Because I was 
So I ordered Indian food before the uh, I watched the movie last Good night. Good idea. Because I was Good like, course. yeah, let me get into the mood. Let me get into the vibe. And then, so they show all that. They kind of show some food porn about Italy. A little bit. A little bit. Um, but they don't show anything about India. And then no, there's like sh- one cafeteria scene. Well, she's not eating anymore. She's praying. And they don't photograph the food in that like loving way loving that they photograph way. that yes. one plate of pasta. They don't they don't photograph some some garlic naan in the same way. And then the best we get in Bali is just Javier Bardem explo- explaining like different kinds of fruit in the market. Yeah, the I was lifestyle like, not porn eating. of Bali is Javier Bardem. That's who they. I know, and I know the chapters yeah. <laughs> are subdivided, but I'm like, I was it's so annoying. <laughs> It was it's so annoying because it's annoying to be like, ah, yes, the Eurocentric one is the one where you're like, this food is amazing. And then right. just like ignore the rest of the food everywhere else. And um, yeah. Oh, the, the, the name of the, the fruit that your, that your roommate's boyfriend, the beavers, Bevers one. Yes. Left, yeah, was, it showed up. I remembered that. All right. So yeah, yeah this it was is like a... an, the mix of it. If an orange and a plum had a baby or something. And I was like, that's the one that Kevin was trying to Kevin has a tale about this. Yes. But I cannot tell it at the moment. <laughs> I, 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 I'm sworn to secrecy, but I will tell you that story off mic, perhaps via text message. I didn't know it was confidential. I, I have, I have roommates, not, you know, not all, not all stories are for all ears, but, um, yes, uh, yeah, the Rambutan showed up, uh, and, uh, there's all that stuff, and, ah, there's a craw that's sticking with me right now, because honestly, I was, like, mostly dissociating during the prey section of this film, um, <laughs> you were there's, praying there's, yourself, there's, you there's, were there's no, I was praying that the movie would be over, ah. I was praying for Hulu to add, like a 1.25 speed option or something like that something i would normally like be abhorred by the idea of watching like movies and tv shows at at multiple times speed but this was these were desperate times but the thing that like okay she goes to italy she has some nice food i guess that can be like a life-changing experience i also like nice food but like the thing that's supposed to revolutionize your life is the prey section like, ideally, in a section like this, in, like, a real movie with, like, a plot or something, you would, somewhere during the prey section, she would reach, like, a profound realization of something. Thank you. She would reach some kind of, like, nirvana state. She would, like, make a real notice about herself. But, like, okay, she goes to, so for people who didn't watch this movie, and, like, good good on you. Um, yes, Save she goes two hours to. And she goes to India. She she goes to a temple that appears to be some kind of like tourist destination of like, come to a temple, meditate for a while. Like it's a spiritual place. You can also again do like a work study program at the temple, which is what Julia Roberts does. We're not really clear on what she does. She seems to go from sweeping to the head of customer relations pretty quick, because um, right. she's a nice, pretty white lady, and also only talks to white people. When she yes, arrives. she only talks to Richard Jenkins, uh, who well, and then an, an actor the, I the love, white, the white guide, and then Corella, yes. who's on the yeah. silence. Also, right. sorry, Kevin, can I interrupt right now too? Do it. Um, when they introduce India, the India scenes, they play Boys by M.I.A., <laughs> who's Sri Lankan, and it's not even Indian. Ryan Murphy, and canceled. I knew it immediately because I have that album, and I was obsessed with it. 
Right. And I'm obsessed with MIA until she got weird. Yeah, now she's really weird. And, also, uh, I'm not the expert on Southeast Asian, like, conflicts, but, you know, a Sri Lankan friend has addressed it with me that, like, India and Sri Lanka had some beefs. It's like making a movie about someone going to visit China and playing a Tibetan pop song. Thank you. It's yeah. like, it's like... I was like, out of all the music yeah. you could have chosen... India has never produced any music, Andrew. I mean, that's just simply, that's the point of fact. They've, they've produced no songs. There's no industry of, of music there, specifically in relation to I film. Can't. If you can think of one Indian movie where they sing songs, you know, like, I'll give you $100, right? There's nothing you could have done at that Please point. Write Please, Please write in. Please write in if you can think of it one in Indian movie where they sing a song. You can't. You can't. No. <laughs> So she, she she goes there, she talks to Richard Jenkins, um, an actor I normally love. Yes. This is a this is a bad character, a very unlikable person. But his it like emotional scene, I'm like, there's Dickie I mean, that's Dickie Jenkins. That's Jenkins. You know? He's gonna yeah. he's gonna give you he's gonna give you the good stuff. But most of the time he's just like too unnecessarily mean and prickly to If he to called really her groceries her. one more time, I was gonna set this movie on. Okay, fire. wait, wait, wait. Did I miss it? Did I miss where because I, it's like I didn't pay attention for two okay. seconds. And so when he, when he meets her, she's eating food. And because of this, he calls her groceries forever. I hated this so much. Forever. This is an unlikable person who I guess existed in real life. Like, <laughs> he, also, he's like, in the wait, book. Why does she love. attach herself to him? Because he's, the, old, he's the only white guy there. Because he's the only white guy. And he's a guy. Okay. Did, did anybody else throw, throw their phone... Or throw something uh-huh. internally when he was telling the drunk story where he almost hit the kid. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. That, was, that made me absolutely furious. I was so pissed. Oh, we also forget that she meets um, a young Indian girl who is devoting herself to the, the ashram. Her name is Tulsi, but I also call her Lisa Simpson because that was literally her character arc. Was to be like, well, I don't subscribe to arranged marriages. I want to go to college. And then later at her arranged marriage, um, Liz, uh, Julia Roberts, has to give her fucking life advice. And I was like, are we really listening to the divorce woman? She gives her also just like a real nothing burger piece of advice. Thank you. She's like, I prayed on it. And I pictured the two of you happy one day in this completely made up scenario in my mind. And Lisa Simpson says like, thank you. Thanks, Mr. Bergstrom. And she, and then we were fucking. Remember, you are Lisa Simpson. And And that is the most profound like thing Julia Roberts, I'm sorry, Liz, gains from prayer throughout Uh, this movie. That is the most that she gains out of this this thing that is the majority of the movie. Like the the India section of this movie could be its own movie runtime wise, and like that is the only realization that she reaches. Oh, and she talks to like the yogi guy that sets her off on this path in the first place. And I think it's fucked up that he remembered her. I think it should oh, have I been a this. more profound realization that like no, she was at a tourist destination. Like, mm. she, he sees a thousand white ladies a day. I know that this was a real story, allegedly, but... That's what's also so weird about how the movie starts. Is, like, she starts off in this inner monologue narration. And she's talking about, like, Cambodian refugees 
talking to her like therapist friend. Um, and they're like, man, that guy kind of ghosted me. Damn. I really loved him. And she's like, and I quote, she's like, this is how we are. Like, that's a universal (laughs) truth or whatever. And I'm like, but then like the whole shoot is in Bali where she's on the bike, like trying to go to her, uh, Mm-hmm. trying to meet Katut. And I was like, this is so fucking stupid right off the bat. <laughs> it's it's just, it's it's asinine and... It's bad sex in the city. It's no sex in the city. And you know what? Yes! At least sex in the city too, you're, you got the girls. You know, you got the ladies. Or, you yeah. Know, uh, my my missing... friends are here. She has yeah. no lovable cast of characters. Well, here. we did have Armenia, the Brazilian girl in Bali. We I'll also had everyone who read her emails were her friends. They were just underdeveloped. I hated that so much. Um, I'm like, hey, it's my birthday. And normally, I'm in Bali right now. Normally, I'd ask for an expensive like dinner and bottles of wine. But like, let's buy um, this shaman healer, like a house. Because we met her daughter. Like... This made no fucking sense to me. And the 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 structure of this movie because like everywhere she goes, you know, they're they 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 treat Liz the character like she's Amelie or like Forrest Gump yes. or something. Like everywhere she goes, she changes the lives of the people that she's right. around. And, and she, she's the in worst. One, what does she do for anybody? She doesn't fucking. She doesn't teach you about the magic of eating an egg off a spoon. She doesn't carry anybody out of the jungles of Vietnam. She cooks no shrimp meals at all. Like she, she does nothing, and they still want to like cure Benjamin Button her. She's the absolute worst. Um, actually, near the end of the movie, I literally wrote in my notes, fuck this bitch, exclamation point. Yes! 12 I, minutes I left. 12 minutes left. I don't left. like her. Right. Well, because she has her, like, um, she has her, like, will I, won't I moment with um, Javier Bardem. And do it or don't. Like, what is... I also didn't the... love, I mean, I never love, but I did not love the running back and getting the person because i mean yes for those of us that have been in our own eat pray love that is a really annoying expectation and it's also it's planting a bad seed in terms of boundaries and everything that like Mm. you can just go back when you like decide something like that and the person will take you back and you can just go back I don't know if any of us can relate to this particular situation. For our listening audience, basically my year started out with me getting Eat, Pray, Loved at. I got Eat, Pray, Eat, Pray, Love fell on me. And uh, so I guess I'm the Billy Crudup of, of this uh, particular scenario. But, and, what if, um, but if you're eating, probably the James Franco, honestly. E- eating, praying, and loving is well, eating pussy and then praying and loving, unfortunately. Unfortunately. It's what made me homophobic for 2024, which is crazy. Yeah, for it's my a arc to wild get there. character shift for you. Yeah. But yeah, I basically got Eat, Pray, Loved. I did not do my own Eat, Pray, Loving. I got Eat, Pray, Loved. And uh, so, you know, this movie and I, we were at odds before we ever, before we ever met. You know what I mean? This movie and I, we were eyeing each other from across the room. It's why, we, like it's we, why we pushed it off so much, too, because the Eat, Pray, Love happened immediately upon deciding we were going to get this one out of the way. 
Yeah, we were going to knock this one out. We were going to knock out Valentine's Day. And then just, like, everything got fucked up. Uh, so we watched a couple episodes of Friends. Those were all right. You know, I didn't watch any more Friends. But, like, that was an all right way to spend 44 minutes. I Should I tell my Eat, Pray, Love story? Because I did my own Eat, Pray, Love as well. Please. Okay. So it's kind of funny. So um, it it's like if Eat, if, if Eat, Pray, Love was done by a broke trans person instead of, like... <laughs> A wealthy white woman. Actually, I would rather watch that movie. More I interesting movie sounds more like. Interesting. More interesting movie. I, so, okay. So this, so pretend this is a show. I'll pitch it. Um, one. Hello, sharks. Unfortunately. <laughs> I'm a broken trans <laughs> Hello, person. Sharks. Hello, sharks. Hello, Ryan Murphy. I am. <laughs> I think Where's I got a project show for Hollywood production. That's what I'm saying. Just pitch a show. So it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like Broad City, but it's a non-binary person who is white. We haven't quite, it's not quite a more progressive than that. Uh, they're, they're white. Good. <laughs> and it's me. Here's what happened. So my my bestie has this boyfriend who's really trying to, and I and I planted the seed last pod, but I, I said that he was bankrolling it, but here's what happened. Instead of... <laughs> uh-huh. Instead of a successful eat, pray, love. Three days before I get to this trip that i was going on for a weekend not a year um i was told by this boyfriend who promised to bankroll everything that he was pulling out of like i would say 70 percent of boyfriends what, love to pull out of of this trip but he had already spoiled the surprise to so my friend it was supposed to be a surprise birthday already knew i was coming a week early and then a few days before pulled out everything he promised to bankroll. So I was going to go on my eat, pray, love. And I was like, this is great. I paid for the plane tickets, but like everything else is covered, including transportation and not food. So me, food, me, plane, but he was going to cover um, lifts and uh, rental car and Airbnb. So I decided to theme it, eat, pray, love. And I look for an Airbnb in the Italian neighborhood of St. Louis, Missouri, and I find a kitschy Airbnb that's like pretty cheap. That is your classic Airbnb. So it has like all of the sort of like IKEA decor of Mm -hmm. and like home goods decor and world market decor of like what Italy is, you know? Did it have a weird selection of like four DVDs? (laughs) Oh, damn. Then it's not not a complete Airbnb. It's not lived in. It's not a lived in Airbnb. It's like a Ah. staged home of like, it's something that's like a Midwestern interpretation of Italy. Someone who has never been to Italy before, but has only seen it reflected through media. Um, And so that was, and then last time I was in St. Louis, I had hooked up with someone who is from Illinois and Missouri, but is Sicilian. So that was part of the choice, too, was I was like, I'm going to invite my Sicilian lover to this Airbnb in the Italian neighborhood of St. Louis, Missouri. You were living your Italian land fantasy (laughs) under the Tuscan sun, Annie. (laughs) But in the cold, cold February St. Louis, Missouri. And then I arrived there and the St. Louis sun, Annie. (laughs) Ah, St. Louis, uh, the Archer. And you so got the, to try the toasted ravioli. So the, the sidewalks are... St. Louis um, style pizza is so flat. <laughs> so flat. You never see a pizza so flat as this. Wait, the crosswalks are 
Italian flag printed. So you know how in some cities in the gay districts, there's like the rainbow. In this area, there's the Italian flag like on the crosswalks and then God, every that like city little is so funny what a every, funny fucking town every little bar that i like pass or everything around this airbnb are like little italian restaurants and then yeah for people who don't know st louis is known for our toasted ravioli which is just ravioli pot ravioli pasta deep fried and we call yeah, it breaded toasted and deep ravioli. fried breaded mm-hmm. and deep fried and they've started selling them in um like trader joe's and stuff so people outside of missouri know about them now um, we also have our own pizza that I did not have because I'm gluten and dairy intolerant, yeah. but it's called Emos. And there was like a kidnapper named Michael Devlin who famously worked at one of the Emos and he kept some children in the basement. And <laughs> <laughs> you make them make the pizza so flat. That's why it's so and, flat, the little And, and the cheese the itself. <laughs> stop, the stop. Cheese. You're ruining Five Nights at Freddy's 2, the sequel. Yeah. Hello, and sharks. I like the pitch Five Nights at Freddy's 2. And the cheese is its own special blend. Yes. That is like four different cheeses. That's like disgusting. But if you grew up it's going Provel. Provel. And if you grew up going to like birthday parties and roller skate parties, then you were indoctrinated to love. And the, the pizza is cut in squares instead yeah, it's of cut like in pizza squares. Slices. And the crust is, again, I cannot stress this enough, flat. Like it's. It, 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 it's not three dimensional. It's two dimensional. It has, it, it, is, it is not raised at all. Okay. So I get to St. Louis, Missouri. I pull up in the target. It's five minutes before I'm supposed to show up at my friends. They text me and they're like, Hey, I'm puking. And I was like, okay, so I shouldn't come see you tonight. I have three nights and first night, my friend is puking five minutes before I arrive to see them for their birthday. And so I'm like, all right, we pivot. And I, I hit up my hookup and I'm like, what's going on tonight? And they're like, it's Mardi Gras. There's this like rave I'm going to with my neighbor. You should come dance. And I was like, great. So I show up and they're like, oh, by the way, I'm on mushrooms. And I'm like, right, I'm sober, but it's already too late. And then <laughs> we arrive and it's like a one of those white people raves where like all of the white people have dreads. And like, there's all of these like cis dudes on like Molly and shrooms and like the inside is very like vibey. So it's definitely not um, Mardi Gras themed, but it's some DJ's like 30th birthday. He plays a didgeridoo over like Yikes. some drum and bass. And the this guy comes up to me. This hasn't happened in 10 years since I was a straight cis girl sorority girl a guy comes up to me he's like do you want to dance and i was like uh and i had full facial hair like i i had full facial hair i was wearing i think this shirt like full like top surgery scars were out and he comes out he's like do you want to dance and he seems so straight and i'm just like i'm i'm good and then he did that thing that that guys at bars do was like what what are you what like are you sure i'm kind of gesturing with my hands this sort of like frustration (laughs) yeah that's like kind of the noise of the hands and and i was like i'm i'm good it was so confusing and then this happened to my hookup too who looks similarly to me like looks like a twinkie non-binary does not look like a girl has facial hair whatever same thing happens to them we're like what's going on is this just like a free love like they're just experimenting thing and then we're by the pool table and Another guy comes up and is like, oh, sorry to bump into, like, the most beautiful people I've ever seen. And we were just damn, like, what is damn, happening? Javier what Bardem. Is- <laughs> damn. <laughs> yeah, it was our Javier Bardem moment. But, damn. like, not him. 
not him. Not that. Not hot dudes. Doesn't look like Javier Bardem. Few not men at do. all. Very Few confusing. And yeah, and then the night it continues to get weird. This this woman who is a therapist, um, who who is also a burlesque dancer, was like blacked out and like talking at me about we us going to the same college and that she was like so lucky that she came from this like crazy christian religious background up like kind of by warrington and then somehow ended up like seeing an elephant so that felt very like eat pray love like she was like i went from this to like to like traveling and seeing elephants and being a burlesque dancer and then I realized that she had been the like bad therapist that a bunch of my friends who did drag had like five Whoa. years ago because it's a small town. So, of course, the only like queer people, you, you everyone knows somebody. And then there's someone else that I met. That was a weird coincidence. But I feel like that's a more um, like anonymous story. Second day, I'm like, OK, it's my friend's birthday. I'm here for my friend's birthday. I'm going to see my friend. And my friend is like, I'm still puking. So then I take my eat, pray, love trip over across the river to Illinois, and I experienced Jersey Mike's in um, Belleville, Illinois, and Multiple I have a, I have a lovely that time. sponsored ad. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I and I have um, and we go to Target, and I hang out Ooh. with some some cats that need their anal glands expressed daily. In and Target, then, not in Target. And then I visit my friend who's making food for a baby shower. The friend whose birthday it is is still puking. Day three, <laughs> I'm there for this friend's birthday. So this is love day. Haven't seen them yet. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. This is love, love day. Chapter. This is love I see day. my friend on the balcony, very like COVID core, uh, like <laughs> uh, it's 40 degrees. They're like wrapped in this like blankie. And we sit there for like two hours and I'm like, well, that was a fun trip. And I will say like in between, in between all of this in the evening, I got to have my, my love of my Ypres love. I got to have my little foray. So that was fun. I got to microdose having a partner for the weekend um, with this hookup. We, we read some zines about frogs and lizards as one does. And then the trip was over and that was my eat pray love um failed birthday st louis missouri the hill italy little italy of st louis missouri wow that's a yeah. tale that's uh, the tale and as uh posited by cat scott and myself on the last few episodes of this show help Run the Julia's Eat, Pray, Love Nashville by donating to the Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com slash TV's Kevin. Help Kat and I eat, pray, love on a budget by sending us to Nashville uh, to enjoy to the sights so and bad. sounds. Neither of us have I ever been. I love Nashville. It yeah. seems like a great time. It's I bet so I much it. fun. Help us eat, pray, we, love there. Andrew we want to eat, too. pray, love. We want to have barbecue. We want to pray. Yeah. And we want to hear we country music. Love. Yeah. That can be our prayer. Country music is our prayer. Yes. And then Tennessee find us- is one of the most beautiful states I've ever. It's uh, yeah, it's very naturally uh, I was on tour and we drove through wow. Nashville. We did Memphis. We did. Oh, I've been to Memphis and I would like to go to Nashville. What were you touring for? It was a kids show. It was really cute. Um, cute. We did like cute. a two person um, improv show where we taught kids how to wow. save money. Oh, really oh, that's cute. so fun. Kind of something that. I probably needed because I 
Yeah. Still have zero dollars in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, if I can pass it along to the generations. But we needed to know all those animal facts. Instead of knowing how to make taxes and money, we needed to know all of the animal facts and the algebra. You know, you ever ever have that thing where it's something you've always known about and then you become, like, reacquainted with it and it's as if you're feeling it for the first time? I'm feeling that right now with, like, animals. I'm feeling that right now with, like, really thinking about animal fat like there are birds that can talk and that's that's really been fucking me up lately that there are birds that can talk and we've just accepted this there are animals (laughs) that can change color to blend in with their environment there are there i there's an elephant in this movie a big beautiful element that uh, julia roberts pets and i was like if i pet that elephant it would change the rest of my life I literally called it the elephant in the room because, like, I'm glad they set it up when she arrived that, like, there's an elephant loose in the city. And then it just kind of walks up to her and it's like, oh, he's got his little spots. You get a little pet. I think if I pet an elephant, I would be I'd be fixed. It would fix all my problems. Kevin, you should go find a way to pet an elephant. There's got to be a way. There's There's got to be an elephant. I can figure this out. I'll break into the damn zoo. We got five zoos in this town. One of them got an elephant <laughs> I can burrow? pet. Is there yeah, there's one per burrow. Cool. And I've never been to any of them. I've lived here for almost seven years. I've never been to any of New York's many zoos. I would like to know about the Staten Island Zoo. Because that's a burrow that I never think about. No way Same. it's good. Yeah. No way it's good. <laughs> Zero percent chance Staten Island I feel Island like all the animals good. have an attitude. That's exactly right. The <laughs> ele- that, that elephant <laughs> thinks it's better than me. What, you gonna knock a stop by my cage? Hey! <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Allegedly, the Bronx Zoo is the one you got to go to. That's that's what I yeah. think. I live so close by it, and I've not been. I've not been. I don't know. They have that botanical garden, too. It's pretty pretty mm-hmm. nice. One of these days. One of these days. I got to just do it. I'm I'm on the dating scene. Come on. that's a You, you can take a date to the zoo, right? I think that's a cute yeah. date spot. Well, I don't know. It depends, because sometimes you get really sad about zoos. I have very you know, mixed feelings about a zoo, as we discussed yeah. on our Friends episode. Yeah, like zoos and aquariums. It's like you can kind of live in the fantasy, but then sometimes you can kind of fall into like, they are captured yeah. creatures. And it's like, well, you know, it's good, you know, for conservation, preservation, you know, it's right. like keeping, literally keeping certain species of animal alive to continue to have enclosures and they fund it through, you know, people paying to enter the zoo. But at the same time, it's like, that's this little critter's whole life is this little... Is this little enclosure? Is this little cage? And uh, I feel mixed about it as an adult, but I get to see the elephants and monkeys. So sometimes I'm willing to let it slide. What a film! Eat, pray, love. What a flick! What a flick from auteur director Ryan Murphy. Ryan Murphy's directed more movies than I thought. He's got like half a dozen movies. I literally screamed because I was like near the end of the movie, my brain was mush, and I was like. Who directed this? And who? and then it was like, literally, it was like directed by Ryan Murphy. And I was like, <gasps> and then no! like, it was like written by Ryan Murphy. And I was like, <laughs> and it Get made perfect here! sense. It really did. It makes too much sense. I mean, yeah, most of his, you know, credits are various TV shows that he also writes on. But like, and I, we all know about The Prom. Netflix is The Prom. And then actually Glee came out a year earlier but yeah. the music choices for this movie were so stupid and on the nose that I'm 
Dreams by Fleetwood Mac, you know, one of the best songs ever written, but kind of not really used particularly well in this movie. Two Neil Young songs. I was concerned about that. Different Neil Young songs. We had Boys by M.I.A. Also, the when they actually went to Naples, it was the stereotypical dun 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 like the Tarantella. Yeah, it was so annoying. Yeah, it was literally just one of those where, like, I was like, "Am I watching the Suicide Squad? What are the songs that are telling me how to feel? What should I be feeling right now?" Can't believe I almost wish I was watching the Suicide Squad instead. Well, Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad was a pretty. Is it about the same length, probably? Probably, considering most of those like Hollywood Jesus superhero Christ. action movies are all like two and a half fucking interminable hours long. Oh, I have a complaint. Oh, it's just that like I'm a little concerned. This could be two things. It could be progressive or it could be like veiled progressive. Um, but mm-hmm. there weren't sex scenes, right? No. And no, honestly, and she was Pissed she was me she off. was. 40 and so i think what they were doing was being like we don't want to see a 40 year old woman wrong fuck Mm. no matter how hot she is Mm. disagree i think they really i think 2010 i think they were still kind of like we don't want to see a 40 year old woman fuck no matter how hot she is we just want to see her make out that's awful that's interpretable i mean like this is kind of the beginning of the like no sex scenes in movie era that we still live in that like despite how constantly Twitter and TikTok are engaged in sex scene discourse. I don't know where people are seeing all these sex scenes because I watch several movies every week and almost none of the modern ones have real sex scenes in them. And it's missing from cinema. It's missing from movies, that romantic love, that passion. We can show endless versions of people being murdered and exploded, but like heaven forfend that people are fucking it's weird because it's like it's like the it leaves this kind of gap where it's the most obnoxious male directors to me that keep the sex scenes because of the entire like the entitlement of it like like for example i think like i don't know maybe oppenheimer was kind of like that just like gratuitous sex scenes that aren't really linked to any like sort of emotional beat or anything and then there's no other one. So then it leaves this sort of like weird gap where they could I, have sexy sex scenes. Yeah. I feel though the Oppenheimer sex scenes were necessary. I agree. In a storytelling way. Um, also, like, I just feel like this was handled badly in terms of like, this is like middle aged wife, Midwest wife, mom core. Like, yeah. But not our mom's not horny anymore. Like, um,. <laughs> Well, no, they're telling the moms not to be horny. And this is 2010. And also, like, also, Ryan Murphy, you're a fucking gay dude, and you can't get, like, some fucking Javier. You gave us a little bit of male ass, but, like, not enough. Come on. Like, I guess, like. I mean, because, like, Diane Lane is, like, getting fucked and unfaithful. And, like, I haven't seen Under the Tuscan Sun, but I'm imagining she probably gets more fucking sex work in in the movie than. Right. Fucking, uh, Julie Roberts in, in yeah. this film. Yeah, it's like, yeah. isn't isn't like the whole appeal of a movie like this, this lifestyle porn kind of movie, this wish right. fulfillment movie, isn't 
the wish fulfillment that you're getting railed by Javier Bardem? Yes. Like, yes. isn't that the whole fucking the goal. point? The dream. Right? Yeah, we could only fucking... In Bali, of all places. So- like, also, like, when she skipped that flight to Bali, or back home to New York, I was like, how much was that fucking flight? Oh my god. Uh, no fuck, yeah. I was I, like, bitch. You live in Bali now, as far as I've yeah, been, like, I was I, like, you, you're not booking another one of those. You're certainly not nice. getting your money back. Uh, yeah, Jesus must Christ. be nice to take a fucking year off work from your weird, nebulous journalism slash playwriting job. Travel. Actually, we didn't even talk about her play, quote unquote. Yeah, like, what the fuck was with that? Franco? I was like, what is this? It was supposed to be bad. It was supposed well, to be bad, yeah, but like, clearly. okay, she also writes plays? Like, she's a journalist and she also writes plays? I don't even plays? know. Starring like, James Franco? I don't, I don't. Also, know. The, the title of your play is called The Permeable Membrane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally, that's a vagina joke. It yeah. has to be. Really? And, like, if you're going to do the vagina joke, I'm sorry. People got to be getting dicked down in this movie. I'm sorry. Thank you. I'm sorry. Like, I don't... What is this chase? It was so, like, gentle in 1950s. Like, Doris Day, they cut away. And yeah, then, like... Or, no, curtains. actually, even better. She literally closes the door, the bamboo door. And you're like, who are you closing the... Like, the camera's zooming in. And she closes the door. And you're like... Who are you closing Who's, the door There's no for? one else here. Who is right. that for? Like, yeah. he's already, like, entered her bungalow at this point to give her a hangover cure after he first met her. Like, and clearly there's, like, no, like, well, we don't lock the door or there's, like, no locked windows or whatever. And then she, like, gingerly closes the door on us that I'm, like, we want to watch you guys fuck. <laughs> Come on. Just let us watch them fuck. It's so, it's very odd to me. That, like, Javier Bardem's, like, big breakthrough into Western movies was, like, No Country for Old Men, where he's playing, like, the least sexy character that's ever been on screen. I think this is the entry point, though. This got him in the door. I mean, this... No pun intended. This was... Hello. (laughs) Uh, Because, like, obviously, you know, he'd been acting in in Spanish-language movies for a long time, stuff like Mm -hmm. Come On, Come On, and uh, things like that. But, like, No Country for Old Men in, like, 2007 is, like, oh, he's on the poster of this best picture nominated movie that's also very beloved he's getting the oscar nomination and you know like a lot of actors after you get that you know cash that check go to bali do whatever you want this is the same year i think he's in woody allen's vicky christina barcelona yeah this is three years after no country for old men um and so after no country for old men he's almost exclusively playing hot pieces of ass it's just weird to me that that is how he broke into american film was no country for old men where he's the least hot most assless character of them all it's just i don't know it's very strange but we love javier bardem dune part two coming soon to a cinema near you i don't know i did there was like a part of you know just like my natural inclination of things that i like you know there was something about this like adult romance that I was enjoying, like yeah. two divorced people finding each other. You know, there's like there's a kernel. I like that kind of story these days of like sure. adults as someone who's dating in his thirties, you know, and realizing that it's very different than dating in your twenties. And I have to imagine dating in your forties will will is it is an even more different experience. It's just I like um, that as someone who's in his forties. Um, it's literally dude. It's just like sand and then like <laughs> sandworms. Everybody's after that spice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
you know, maybe you might find a popcorn bucket. Somewhere. You got your, but, uh, um, yeah, you got your as someone bar. in my twenties, I was just playing Smash or Pass while you were talking on Tinder. <laughs> wow, I'm sorry if this, I interrupted. <laughs> the, the decades are are meeting. <laughs> this is the the meeting of the of the minds of the aged minds. I'm not getting any matches, just to be clear. I've, on Smash or Pass. Uh, yeah, on it's, Smash or Pass. The night is still young. I'm honestly. sorry to hear that. Yeah, Smash or Pass, it's, it's okay. a long game. It's like cricket. You know, you don't win yeah. it in the first, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. But yeah, you do I... run out of likes. Sorry. <laughs> Unless you start paying and kill me first, actually. Yeah. No, I was, I was so upset when, like, Julia had the moment of crisis where she was like, do I love this hot Brazilian? Who's played by a Spanish guy, yeah, which course, I thought was funny. Um, who's like, yeah, I was who can live anywhere, but he just chooses to live in Bali. There's no conflict in this. Like, there's right. no, like, He's like, isn't it cool that you can live in New York and I can live in Bali and you can meet me here and I could probably meet you in New York? And she's like, no, I can't just. And you're it's- like what's the problem it'd be maybe a little different and i know again this is based on like a thing that happened to a real woman allegedly Allegedly. but but like as a movie as a film we gotta add some conflict in here maybe billy crudup calls her at the right moment and she's thinking about going back to be with billy crudup just like i'm not saying that's the right call i'm making this up right now right but like or James two- Franco? I don't even know. No, maybe in 2010, before we knew facts about James Franco. But like, something. Conflict. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Bridget Jones's diary. Is she going to choose the, the new guy or the old guy? You know, like, right. uh, films have conflict. <laughs> they have, they have right, things and, and obviously you want to write to, like, make something a little bit more interesting, a little bit more sexy, like... Yes. This was just so contrived where she was just like, huh, what? And then she just decides, like, or also, we never talked about, like, she stole Katut's copies from his, like, ancient, like, manuscripts and, like, went to go photocopy them and then gave him a, just kind of a half-assed, like, uh, uh, one of those, like, senior high school, like, books of just, like, (sighs) here's all your, um recipes and um, <sighs> anyway uh, and he's like you better go fuck that dude and then you're like oh thanks get to it thanks, and she good runs time. off <laughs> ay, 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 and ay, runs to ay, his bungalow ay. and writes him a little post-it it's like meet me at the dock at sunset and you're like I hate this so much <laughs> I hate this um cat a question I was no, go yeah um cat a question I was gonna ask you earlier mm-hmm. is this the worst movie we've watched for this podcast so far no no you think mary riley is worse absolutely worse yeah wow mary riley is almost a full hour shorter (laughs) well actually no mary riley is also a deep cut for those mary riley is under two hours now that i'm thinking about it sorry hold on now that i'm thinking about it Maybe Charlie Wilson's War actually was worse. really was the worst. Oh yeah, that one. sounds pretty bad too. I mean, it's not um, it's not good. My it's mom not, loves that it movie. Still wasn't good. Um, of course she does. She lived still. it. <laughs> yeah, but I do think I'm I'm glad. Okay, between Mary Riley, Charlie Wilson's War, and Eat Pray Love, I'm glad I saw the performance of. 
Glenn Close in Mary Riley. Yes. I'm glad mm. I got to see Javier in Eat, Pray, Love. Mm. And in Charlie Wilson's War, I guess I'm glad that I saw Philip Seymour Hoffman, but I don't think that that was an Oscar worthy No. Scene. He has one good scene. And it's the scene that everybody takes out of context. And I'm like, I promise the rest of the movie is not anything approaching this good. I'm thinking about it. I think that might be the lesson about this series or, or these movies that we're picking from. Is like, yes. at least we got the ensemble cast. You know, we right. got Viola Davis and yeah. Mike O'Malley. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, Charlie Wilson's War. You got like John Slattery bumming around over there. Mary we Riley. Got Richard Jenkins did. as Richard from Texas. Yeah. I'm just thinking about it. I'm on a plane, right? Let's say I'm off on my own E Pray Love adventure. I'm on a plane. And these are the only three movies available. <laughs> Somehow through a curse, you know, from Satan or something like that. These are the only three movies available. I think for me. Charlie Wilson's War is the one I would be most likely to put on. I think it's like a it's a passable oh, wow. sort of fine. It's like mm. it's fine for an airplane. Mm. You get to watch some good actors do their best with what they got going on. And then it so it's between Mary Riley and Eat Pray Love. And like Yeah, it's fuck Mary Kill. The sec right. Yeah, so I'm marrying Charlie Wilson. Great. And I think I am fucking eat, pray, love. If the other yeah. option is Mary Riley, okay, this is like fine enough background noise. Mary Riley was so fucking boring. Not that this movie isn't boring, but it's right. like infuriating. So yeah. you're kind of like in it. You'll I think I could it. watch this movie you with someone and throw tomatoes at it and like maybe have yeah. a pretty okay time. Mary Riley, like defies your ability to find good things in it just really um really challenges the ability to see the bright side in a movie Oof. so i think this is the second worst for me personally yeah i haven't seen the other two so i can't can't weigh in officially. sadly sorry but I, thank you I for bearing with this jesus christ um yeah i mean this movie was so woof um, <laughs> it's woof it's just it's woof from almost like cast. jump street that's yeah. the problem except for james frick out he can go yeah he can, he can go take a hike Ugh, but yeah it's disappear. great cast ryan murphy knows how to assemble a cast people obviously like working with him or what have you you know like yeah. he's very loyal to his actors which is always a trait i appreciate i really do appreciate that yeah it's i think it's, it's, it's a not cult. talked enough I think it's a cult. I think that's why. I think that some of them are indebted to him in some sort of like death pact. He's got some sort of blackmail some situation on Mike well, O'Malley. Some are trapped in the system. Yeah, that's true. And you know, like uh, if you're a working actor, you know, and you don't always have like your pick of every project, like Ryan's always got work for you. You know, that's yeah. not that's not a bad like uh, Ramona I mean, to leech on. I onto. wish that was my worst nightmare. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, what's Ryan gonna have me do this time? Well, he's probably very difficult to work with as a director. I believe um, it. Which is confusing because he has such an ensemble cast. It's like, how do they, how do they put up with that and balance that? I wonder. A lot of those people 
those those directors are good with their actors and just disrespect like lower ranking members of their crew. Oh, okay. A lot of those people that have those kinds of reputations, it's like they are very good. Like one Julia Roberts, who who at times has been known to have a certain reputation of being difficult, but there are directors and actors who she has worked with multiple, multiple times, and they keep coming back together. So, like, I think they just find, you know, Sam Esmail, director of uh, uh, Leave the World Behind. Uh, she's done, of course, many movies with George Clooney. When George Clooney turned into a director, she, he cast Julia in his first movie. You know, like, well, she obviously then, is not impossible to work with. Can I also counter at a certain point where, like, bringing it back to, like, uh, Feud, Betty and Joan... Um, there's a moment where, like, Joan, like, stops production, and she's like, does anybody know what's actually going on right now? And as an actor, y'all are actors, too. Of course. I feel sometimes those are important questions to ask, and the the studio system kind of will eat you up if you and not care about the artistic side of it. Absolutely. And that's what Julia's always said. Like, why was she prickly on certain sets? It's like, it's a defense mechanism. Well, She's, it's self-preservation. Also, it's also the designation of like, is she prickly? Or did, was there a, a press release about like, oh, she was difficult because... Yeah. Um, it's always the question you got to ask with famous women is uh, a lot of them get branded as difficult or prickly. And you're like, well, who's telling this story? Mm. Who's, whose side of the tale are we listening to here? So it's just, it's always, it's always worth investigating. It's always worth asking the question. And also every, I'm prickly. Like, where would I get right. off telling Julia Roberts to not same. be prickly? Jesus Christ. King prickly. I'm a fucking cactus. You know what I mean? Can you imagine like, being like Jessica Lange? Um, no. <laughs> not good this time. Can we get another? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's Sarah I, Paulson. Um, yeah. That was really bad. <laughs> I think Adam Driver would have been a good James Franco. Yeah, this yeah. is just like slightly too early. It was definitely yeah. too early. I'm just thinking of like what would be what if would we're recasting Love. I also want to see I, James Marsden and Julia Roberts do something. That would be an oh, interesting mix of energy. That's pairing. Get Julia in Sonic. <laughs> they, can, <laughs> they can hang out together. After seeing Jury Duty, I'm kind of like, let's bring the James Marsden Renaissance is upon us. He's great. Us. I love that guy. Yeah, I want to see. I want to see him do. Uh, famous people in their 50s fucking. You yes. Know? I think more movies should be about famous good-looking people in their 50s fucking. I, I, I mean, that's I very think, legit. I think James Marsden could do, like, a Rock Hudson, like... Um, Absolutely. Or, like, a Cary Grant type. Absolutely. And, like... You I named was, like, two, like, gay <laughs> men who acted in rom-coms. <laughs> well, Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, listen, James I did has mention the right the energy Day for that. Maybe. Absolutely. Yeah. James has the energy. I don't know if either of you have seen Down With Love with like Ewan McGregor mm. and, and Renee Zellweger. I love that movie. Um, great movie. I think James Highly would underrated. Part like that. Highly underrated. They should have done better. I agree. And we should have gotten way more movies exactly like that. Right. But uh, I think he would kill in something like that. 
Yeah. Uh, in my in my humble opinion, down with love. Check it out. I watched it on an airplane actually not that long ago. I mean, and there's had a great also time. that like Rebel Wilson like rom com. Yes, isn't it romantic? I believe I had a good time, and maybe um, it, somebody was talking about like um, why the the Dewey Cox Walk Hard movie <sighs> didn't take off as much because there was a lot of bad like parodies at the time, so it got kind of buried yeah but i'm like we need more movies that can actually take down a genre like that um, right absolutely it's just so like the movies that are like the most popular nowadays are just like impossible to parody not because there's not ridiculous things about them it's just like they're vapor passing through a net you know it's just yeah. like what what do you parody about avengers infinity war it's a film without substance it has no like you can parody silence of the lambs with just like a shot and like here's an iconic shot and everyone knows that's a shot from silence of the lambs well honestly that's kind of getting up in years now too so absolutely the well, kids I, don't I even back 30 years to find a fucking you know a, a movie with iconic cinematography or something but that's just like that's a movie from 30 years ago that you can parody and I guess the kids won't know, but like we all still know and remember and there's easy shorthands for something like Silence of the Lambs and there's been 40 Marvel movies and like if you tried to parody Ant-Man, I don't know if I would catch on to what you were doing. Well, the joke is too, is like how can you parody a movie when you have like something like Madame Web that just came out and the writing and the acting are just across the board terrible. But in the time it would take you to, like, turn around and film a parody film, no one will remember it. We will all right. have, have uh, They'll forgotten. keep watching Madam Web. They'll keep watching The Room. They'll keep watching yeah. the cult classics. So um, Yeah, everyone should just go back and watch uh, Top Secret. Uh, it's still as funny today as it was I then. love that movie. It's an incredible movie. Any concluding thoughts from the, from the, from the cast of this podcast about... Eat, pray, love. For me, I think we've covered everything. I just, I, I don't want to think about this fucking movie anymore. Yeah, I just got incredibly sleepy. <laughs> That's okay. It's the eat, pray, love effect. Yeah, yeah. We eat, nod off. We ate. We prayed. We loved. And after all three of those things, I get a little sleepy. If I eat Listen, too much, I get sleepy. If I love, sometimes I get sleepy. They did have a turkey. They did have a turkey Thanksgiving dinner for breakfast. So that's, that's true. To fan. That's true. Without yes, the turkey, knocks you out. Sounds but then turkey. they they defrosted it and they had it in the morning. Yeah. A beautiful morning. I eight mean, a.m. turkey. If we're uh, if I've learned anything, aren't we all Luca spaghetti? Aren't we all? Yeah. Just oh my God, um, Luca spaghetti. <laughs> he's his family Tulsi, invented spaghetti. Lisa Frank. Lisa Lisa Simpson. Lisa Simpson. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, the spaghetti joke is funny. And then you learn that, like, the family that owns the James Bond franchise, the Broccoli family. Yes. They did get all their money from inventing broccoli. And that's not yep. a joke. Nope. I love that. They, that's like, correct. broccoli was invented within the last few generations on purpose. Actually, uh-huh. um, so if we had to follow in the vein of Eat, Pray, Love, what's your word? As we leave this podcast. What's my word? Yeah. Because she's like, my word is atrafiasiamo. Let's cross over. And we're like, bitch, 
You could have done that like eight months ago. Like what? What? What Sorry. Sorry, I'll get off my high horse. (laughs) No, it's okay. No, she is on the highest horse and needs to be knocked off. You know what I mean? Like someone, my word, what's Italian for like perseverance? (laughs) Google.com. Ansia. Mine is fagotry. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, fagotry. <laughs> Fagotry. <laughs> oh, um, Italian for persevere is perseverare. Perseverare. <laughs> I will perseverare. Life hand me a lemon, I make it a lemonade. I perseverare. I make it a pizza. She's so flat. She's <laughs> such a flat pie. Oh, you never see the crust because of how thin. Because of, you always say wafer. It float away on the wind. You cannot <laughs> see. It's just so thin. It's, uh, it could mine's... cut. It could, it's a razor wire. It could cut. You could string up a piano with this St. Louis style pizza. It's just thin. She's so thin. She's so thin. Just like Julia. Yeah. yeah. Just so. Liz really. Liz really. Brought us all together. It's um, really brought us. Sometimes nothing unites you like tragedy, you know. <laughs> we all lived through two oh, hours man. and twenty minutes on the clock. That is the runtime of Eat, uh, Pray, uh, Love. And uh, I would like to thank my my cohorts here in this foxhole, uh, Andrew. Oh, thank you for guesting. Letter. Thank you, you for volunteering your services. Oh, I'm sorry. Your, your word. word. I'm sorry. Your word. <laughs> Quitter, 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 quitter. <laughs> Fuck yes. You got me. You I got give up. Me. I just give up. All right. Yeah, leave. I was going to thank you for lending your service, volunteering to do this episode in point of fact. Uh, but thank you for doing this. Is there anything you want the people out there to know about? Is there anything? Where where can they find you if they want to follow you, if you want them to follow you? Well, if we had a good time. Um you can follow me. Um, I'm on all the socials at the number two, F as in Frank, A F as in Frank, O U. That's two fafu. Um, any follow is a great follow. So we love you. Um, but also special thanks to Kevin and our special guest Kat um, and my special guest me. Um, so um, this was a blast. So thank you for having me. I'm so glad that you did this, buddy. Thank you, Sharks. Hello, Sharks. Uh, I am TV's Kevin Lanigan, uh, and I have a great business idea for you. It's uh, patreon.com slash TV's Kevin for as little as $1 a month. You get these episodes uh, early. You get previews of my comics. I'm back in the comic-making game. I got my digital art tablet. I'd be drawing. I'm almost done with the first draft of a book. I'm sure you'll get some previews of that as well. Various film projects that are actually going to start coming out this year that have been gestating for many years. Can you believe it? Patreon.com slash TV's Kevin. A great way to get ahead of the game there. Uh, and, of course, send us to Eat, Pray, Love, Nashville. Um, Patreon.com slash TV's Kevin. And I'm TV's Kevin Lanigan everywhere, but you already knew that. Movies for Babies is the other show, but you already knew that. Uh, thank you, Sharks. And I'm asking for uh, $100,000 at 10%. I am Cat Scott, sometimes Jesse Cat. Use they them pronouns. You can find me on Instagram at Cat Scott Online and donate to TV Kevin Lanigan's Patreon so that we can go to Nashville. Amazing. 
Um, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure on what we're covering next. I'm pretty sure it's August Osage County. Um, oh, yeah. I'll be oh, seeing the guests for that this weekend. That's so, heavy lifting. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm sure it's better than this. You know, I haven't heard great. Let me. I'm sure it's better than what we've done here today. Well, I'm one to talk, so I. I mean, I'm. I know the play is amazing, but I'm like, yeah. How does this? Cast? I've not heard amazing things about the film version, but like yeah. my letterbox mutuals seem to think it's fine. And at this point, I'll take fine. You know, fine is I great. Got, I got Julia, I got Ewan McGregor, Juliette Lewis, Margot Martindale, mm. Abigail Breslin, Chris Cooper, Dormit Mulrooney, Benedict Cumberbatch. You know, like, these are these are interesting things Huge. to look forward to. Meryl Streep, yeah. of course. These are big things to look forward to in August Osage County. Um, so, yeah, that's probably the next one. And uh, thank you for joining us for, for what is, well, this will be the first full year of uh, Run the Julias. And uh, we, we could not thank you more for being here. Uh, for listening so far and for taking us on into the future. Don't forget to eat, pray, love out there. Don't for, don't forget. Those are three important things. You need to do those to live. That's where they go. Quitter. 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 My name's Julia Roberts, and I'm here to say no. I've got to eat and love and pray. Quitter. 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 Elbow glove. I came down.
Please tell your friends about this show. That was quite a show. Very entertaining. I want to live! This has been a Talkback Podcast.